Welcome to the Say Yes to Holiness podcast. I'm Christina Simmons, your host, and thanks for joining me today as I seek to inspire, encourage, and accompany you on the journey towards holiness by sharing food for the head, heart, hands, and feet, all so we may grow closer to God, become more like Jesus, and through friendship, discover the life God created us for, lives of purpose, peace, and abundance, rooted in the hope that with God's grace and mercy, we can become the living, breathing, wonder-working saints that the world so desperately needs today. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 67 of the Say Yes to Holiness podcast. I'm Christina Simmons, your host, and I just had the most wonderful privilege of being able to interview and spend time in conversation with Pete Burek. He's the director of ID, and he's a 2010 graduate of Franciscan University of Steubenville. He's got his master's in theology from the Sacred Heart Major Seminary in Detroit, Michigan, and he's also a frequent speaker at numerous youth and young adult events, and he's camp co-director of Pine Hills Boy Camp. He's married, uh, and they have uh, two daughters and two sons, but the great thing about Pete is just the fact that he is filled with the Holy Spirit, and that's what he's doing right now as the director of ID. So I know that you're going to enjoy this conversation. It was a super fruitful one, and I'll see you all on the flip side. Hi, this is Christina Simmons from the Say Yes to Holiness podcast, and I'm so excited that you've joined me today because I have with me Pete Burek, who is one of the people who's a part of the leadership team uh, for, I'm going to let him tell you about it, but he's a part of the efforts going on with Renewal Ministry. Some of you might have heard of it, and I just want to go ahead and give Pete an opportunity to introduce yourself, where you are actually, and what it is that you're doing right now. Right. Well, thank you, Christina. It's good to be with you. Uh, Like you said, my name is Pete Barak. I am uh, a member of the Renewal Ministries team. So Renewal Ministries has been around for a little over 40 years doing Catholic renewal and evangelization all over the world. We do mission work in about 40 countries every year, at least pre-COVID. We have two daily radio programs, the longest running Catholic television show hosted by uh, Dr. Ralph Martin called uh, The Choices We Face. And then we have these little outreaches that have developed over the years, Uh, one to young women uh, called Be Love Revolution, one to young men called Zion, and then the outreach I direct, which is called ID. And we focus on young adults, people in their 20s and 30s, married, single, with or without kids, trying to help them become intentional disciples of Jesus Christ. But more importantly than any of that, uh, I am a husband of Kate for close to 10 years now, coming up on 10 years. We have four rambunctious and beautiful and awesome and frustrating children, uh, two girls and two boys, Grace, Aaron, uh, Donovan, and Zeke. And uh, we live in Ann Arbor, Michigan, which has been my home for basically my entire life. This is where my parents raised us, and, and we love it here. So I'm presuming that you're a Wolverine. 
<laughs> yeah, pretty through and through. Yeah, maize and blue kind of <laughs> runs through our veins. Yeah, and I know for I'm guessing, are you uh, roll tide or no? Or, actually, or uh, we're we're transplants to Alabama. Uh, okay. So, uh, but we did have to choose uh, when we moved to the state. That's like the first question that anyone asks us <laughs> because it is uh, it is a bigger religion than religion, um, and uh, you know. So my husband actually is roll tide, and of course we have to root for Nick Saban as a Catholic, um, sure. a very devout Catholic. In fact, um, and has done marvelous work to, with young adults down at the University of Alabama by supporting the the new, you know, center down there and everything. But I actually went with Auburn uh, just because uh, at the time it was just something where I'm like they're kind of like the underdog, and I yeah. tend to gravitate towards that. Not the, uh, but my husband, you know, he's been a Yankees fan, a uh, New York <laughs> okay. Yankees fan yeah. since uh, 1956, yeah. and yeah. so I am a Yankees fan. Uh, I was born outside New York City, but um in, in the uh, realm of college football i tend to go for the underdog versus the powerhouse but sure, sure, uh, but sure. anyway but yeah it, it, it's uh, absolutely amazing how those things tie um but i did see that you did go to franciscan university in steubenville so um you you weren't in ann arbor all of your life um, yeah so but that was only for three semesters so i actually started at the university of michigan okay. uh, for two and a half years and then transferred to uh franciscan university in steubenville ohio uh, mm -hmm. to get my undergrad degree and uh, ended up meeting a young lady, Kate, there, who was the point guard on the women's basketball team. I was the point guard on the men's basketball team. And her brother was actually my coach, if you can follow that, which okay. was uh, interesting to say the least, at least at the beginning of our relationship. Um, mm -hmm. But a really beautiful thing. And then we got married pretty quickly after school. And then I ended up back in Ann Arbor. And she's my wife's from the state of Delaware. So we've got okay. the East Coast covered a little bit. She's the second youngest of 11, big Irish Catholic mm -hmm. family. Um, and, uh, no, it's, it was an awesome experience down at Franciscan. It was almost like a three semester retreat for me after being at the, the big, bad, you know, public mm -hmm. university of, of Michigan. Yeah, no. And then, uh, you went on and you got your master's at Sacred Heart, uh, you know, major seminary in Detroit, Michigan. That's um, correct. so, uh, so. How is that kind of, uh, so that's kind of geographically where you've been a little bit, but share a little bit about your journey and how it is that you've come to be doing what you're doing now. Yeah, yeah, thanks for the question. So I grew up in what I, I came to find out was a pretty exceptional Catholic family home. I, I, you know, at the time it was just normal, but you know, we went to mass every week. We prayed the rosary more than I would have liked growing up. Uh, and the main thing was uh, both my parents were believers. They both were disciples and they both, uh, had pretty significant conversions in the, their college years and had been um, kind of experienced an infusion of the, the grace of Pentecost and, and the power of the Holy Spirit at, at that time and had been part of a community here in Ann Arbor for several years where uh, they were trained, they were discipled into uh, daily prayer time and activation and mission and, and all these things. And so when I, growing up, it wasn't really, uh, faith wasn't really a question. It was just kind of what it meant to be part of Team Burak, as we said, you know, and but looking back on it, I think the most significant thing was not just that my parents were believers, but that they had conspired with the other, uh, with my friend's parents, who are also believers, and really uh, took a very intentional approach of kind of communally discipling us. And so what I mean by that is I can think of probably 30 or so uh, men who are not my father, who uh, believed and cared whether or not I believed. And we're willing to talk to me about Jesus. And so I would go over to the, the Herbeck's house, or the McCary's house, or the Rolf's house, or the Crestus house, or the Trockley's house, and Sauter's house. And I'd be sitting there, and we'd be watching uh, football like normal, you know, and Mr. Rolf would look at me and say, hey, you know, 
what do you, how's basketball going? And I tell him, and then he'd say, Hey, you know, what, um, what's Jesus doing in your life? You know? And as a 13 year old boy, that was kind of annoying. Right. Mm -hmm. But, uh, but it said a lot. And actually statistically speaking, one of the most primary kind of key indicators of whether or not somebody mm -hmm. retains faith is whether or not there are other adults other than their parents who bear witness to what they believe. And so I was just in this, this stew, this pot of, of people I really respected and honor who, honored me and I tried to honor them who again were not just my parents who were really faithful disciples of Jesus and so and of course even in the midst of that though right there are still several moments where of personal kind of conversion and personal decision to follow mm -hmm. the Lord most critical for me was my freshman year of high school which is a much longer story than we have for now but basically I was living <laughs> two different lives I was trying to kind of have a foot in the world and the foot in the church and and the Lord brought me to a very dramatic decision point uh and I decided then, and then I had to reaffirm that in college. And then basically, as I was graduating Franciscan, I just, I had this burning in my heart, like the only thing that really seemed exciting to me, the only thing that seemed kind of gave me juice, if you will, was this idea of helping people meet Jesus. And I didn't know what that meant in terms of like a career path. Uh, and I definitely wanted to get married. So the priesthood right. didn't seem like it was on the table at that point. I had discerned it, but it was, marriage was for me. But when I thought about helping people meet Jesus, the, the people I kept thinking about were these men that I had known my whole life, which was Ralph Martin and Peter Herbeck, who were the leaders of Renewal Ministries. Peter being the father of one of my dearest friends, uh, Mike, and I'd always kind of wanted to be Peter, you know? And so mm -hmm. when I graduated, it he was the natural person to sit down with. And I just said, hey, you know, I, I remember sitting in his living room and I said, uh, Peter, I, or at the time, Mr. Herbeck, I, I've always kind of felt this call and I've always been inspired by what you do with renewal ministries. Do you think renewal would have any place for me? Mm. And I'll never forget. He kind of leaned back and he was like, well, you know, not really, but let's, uh, let's pray about it and see what happens. And so uh, through a series of very fortunate events, I ended up getting a, a job at a Catholic school in town as the gym teacher and athletic director and the sister who hired me, sister John Dominic uh, of the Dominican sisters, Mary mother of the Eucharist, a wonderful community. They, mm -hmm. uh, she actually gave me Fridays off to pursue ministry and to build something. Mm -hmm. And, and so for a year, Peter and I got together every Friday and prayed and, and he would t talk to me and form me and lead me. And we just kind of dove into this thing. And by, at the end of that year, we had just realized that there was this gaping hole for discipleship and evangelization with my generation. And so we started to try to build this thing we now call ID. And so, um, yeah, it was interesting. You know, I've, I've, I've loved the Lord my whole, basically my whole life. But in that early years was when I came to know that he was real and he loved me. And that put me on a path that was such a clear conviction that God is real and he loves me. It, I mean, it is the most true statement in my life. Um, and and it, it basically has informed everything else I've tried to do. Not perfectly, of course, but God right. is real and he loves me. If that is true. So now what does that mean for every other aspect of my life? And mm -hmm. um, yeah, it just so happened that I was was in the same parish in the same community as this really wonderful ministry renewal ministries and by some uh working of the holy spirit here i am yeah amen and so so glad that it has happened um i uh, totally uh 
understand your reference to uh, to the statistics about what it is about young people staying within the church and you know the two things the one which you mentioned having someone other than your parents uh, you know uh, expressing their faith and in asking and showing an interest in your own and then of course that that second is that that personal encounter with Christ yeah. uh, that that ability to either at adoration or retreat or you know um, or anything and those tend to be those two things and uh, so it's uh, in my own work, um, I've tried uh, very much to be able to create an environment as much as possible in which those things can happen. Um, and so, uh, you know, I, I was looking at a lot of what uh, ID does. And uh, just, just before I go a little further, um, so uh, what, why this name? Why, why ID? Uh, what, what's up with that? <laughs> yeah, the easiest way to answer that is, well, it's the name we felt like the Lord gave us. Uh, okay. But what it means, and there's there's real meaning behind it, was uh, our mission is to form young adults into intentional disciples. That's uh, back in 2011 when we started discerning this, the, this phrase intentional disciples was the thing that kept jumping out of this, that we wanted to help people not just try to, you know, you can't drift into the kingdom of God. There's no salvation by osmosis. I mean, it is, like you said, an encounter, but then a decision to respond to that encounter, a personal, mm -hmm. intentional, conscious decision to follow Jesus. And so we really wanted to highlight that aspect of what it meant to be a disciple. And then it just so happened that ID, the intentional disciple, was also our identity. So the mm -hmm. idea being that our identity is to become intentional disciples. That is our deepest identity. And so uh, that's where the name came from. It came from our first ever retreat that we did. We, we knew we had to call ourselves something. Uh, so we had this whiteboard in the middle of the living room saying, you know, of the place we were staying. And we said, anybody who had an idea, just put words up on the, the board, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, by the end of the weekend, it was full of words. And then this uh, young woman who was on the retreat with us came running down the stairs the final morning and just said, hey, I had a dream last night. And mm -hmm. in my dream, Jesus said, your identity is to be an intentional disciple. And she said, mm -hmm. what do you think that means? And we thought, I don't know, but it sounds pretty good. And then we looked up on the board and wouldn't you know it, ID and intentional disciples were right there and we pulled it out. And then mm -hmm. for most of our existence, we actually had some numbers after it that nobody could remember, uh, which is why we dropped the numbers, but we didn't drop the conviction about what those numbers mean. And it was 916. We used to be ID 916. And the reason was, during one of our first prayer times, uh, a guy named Sean had this kind of a prophetic word to read out 1 Corinthians 9.16, where St. Paul says, for if I preach the gospel, this mm -hmm. gives me no grounds for boasting. And he says, basically, because preaching the gospel should be normal. And he says, mm -hmm. woe to me if I do not preach it. And it was that woe to me part that was like a heart dart to everybody in the room. We just all of a sudden were convicted that, yes, to preach the gospel wasn't something extra we were doing, but intrinsic to who we were. And so we wanted to highlight that. So even though we've dropped the numbers because everyone says ID 316 or ID 916 or whatever, it's just simpler to say ID. The conviction around to be a, to, to be a disciple is to also be on mission, to be, as Pope Francis called it, a missionary disciple. And that's, um, and that's fueled us really since the beginning. Amen. Um, amen. Um, it, so uh, absolutely beautiful. So what is it that you you do um, in order to try and bring about that idea of being uh, missionary uh, disciples into reality? You know, what what is that ID way of life that you encourage people to enter into? Yeah. So we're trying to, basically, we're hungry for the hungry. Uh, we want to mm -hmm. find hungry young adults wherever they are, and help them experience uh, the best uh, version of the early church that we can that we've come up with. Mm -hmm. Basically, to say like, in the culture we're living in, in the current moment, what is required to actually grow in holiness, 
to actually experience authentic Christian community and to actually go on mission needs, we need something that looks an awful lot like Ephesus or Corinth or Jerusalem or Rome or whatever the early church communities. And what those church communities were, were basically kind of a house church, right? We didn't have cathedrals. We didn't have seminaries. We didn't have a lot of the, we didn't have universities and hospitals. We had families who were believers. And these families weren't just nuclear families. They were really like extended families on mission together, households Mm -hmm. of faith. And so what we're trying to do is we're trying to find any young adult anywhere in the world who's hungry uh, to experience that type of family on mission. And then what we do is we train them in what we to become what we call a spirit-filled leader, because spirit-filled leaders are the, the, the people who can actually make a decision to put their time, talent, and treasure on the line for building something and can call people to a new vision and a new mission and actually build something. And it's basically what Jesus left behind in the apostles. They were leaders. And they had been discipled by him. But then when Pentecost comes, they become spirit-filled in a whole new way and are able to actually go out and fulfill the Great Commission. So we want to help them become spiritual leaders who then can build what we call discipleship communities, which are these expressions of um, kind of this house church model. It's not that they're actually living together, but kind of a modern version of of a people of God on the move, really sharing life together, but on mission. And that is such a critical piece that we want to be on mission. And we don't want to be... Uh, just another program. Uh, We don't want to just be another content machine or another checkbox of like, oh yeah, we're doing young adult ministry because we have this thing over here that we do. No, we're trying to help people live a a way of life, uh, an actual expression of Christianity where where I'm growing in holiness, but I'm also going out on mission with my brothers and sisters who are also doing this together. Um, Mm -hmm. And we're all led by by the spirit. And so it's it's a lot messier, right? It's not nearly as clean. It's uh, not nearly as in some ways repeatable as, as like a program or a system mm-hmm. like that, but it's trying to invest in the local church and organically raise up these leaders who can build these communities who can actually reach both those who are in the pews, but then even in some ways, more importantly, those who are not. Amen. Uh, so, uh, you know, you, you said a few things that I'm sitting and I'm kind of smiling uh, because for those uh, who are familiar with um, my Say Yes to Holiness work, you know, um, my book, Say Yes, Discovering a Life of Purpose, Peace and Abundance is all about exactly what you're saying. You mm-hmm. know, saying yes to that intentional discipleship. I need to choose to be a disciple, have it rooted in our identity, our baptismal call. And then what are those habits? What are those things that we need to be about? And of course, one of the most fundamental is that we have to be on on journey together and what is our mission to become saints and what is it that we have to do it's to share the good news so more and more people can become saints um and uh, you know so it, i i absolutely love uh the the work that you all are doing um in in a particular way uh you guys talk about four habits i i have four steps that i talk to people about but um, you know, and, and they're very simple, you know, they're more the interior uh, life uh, four steps of daily prayer and meditation, frequenting the sacraments, you know, striving to grow daily in virtue and abandoning yourself to God's will. But when you're about those things, then it's always about nothing is for you alone is to then be shared within the body of Christ. And that's a part of why I like your four habits within your, uh, within ID. Mm-hmm. So could you share a little bit more about those? Because I think it gives a broader perspective for people. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. So the four habits, just to lay them out there and then we can go into a little mm-hmm. bit more depth is to pray, to study, to connect and to give pray, mm-hmm. study, connect, give. And where this came from was, was really trying to boil down. Okay. Like, 
how does a, a disciple actually live that mm-hmm. would be common across personality, uh, across preference, across spirituality? You know, you have beautiful movements within the church of that have great kind of wisdom and 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 ritual and um, mm-hmm. and dedication to particular things. You know, in terms of like some are feel you know when you look at Dominicans compared to Franciscans mm-hmm. compared to something like Opus Dei or uh, there's there's so many wonderful things that people are called to and that they commit themselves to but are not necessarily like kind of universal in the sense of like mm-hmm. we, we should all be praying the rosary but should right. we are we all required to pray the rosary every day mm-hmm. I don't know I, I I don't think so you know like I, I don't think there's any kind of mandate that we have to do that but whereas somebody might you know, so anyway, the point is there's there's a whole variety of expressions and we we're trying to boil it down to what are just like the kind of non-negotiable habits of a disciple. Mm-hmm. And then how you live out those habits very much could be personalized to, you know, personality, movement, all mm-hmm. that. And so, for instance, the first one, pray. A disciple prays every day, you mm-hmm. know. I'm not going to tell you how long you have to pray every day. Uh, the saints tend to do that, you know. St. Francis de Sales has some ideas on that. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell you even how you have to pray every day. I would recommend um, some time of sil- silence and solitude and, you know, some uh, examination of conscience and mm-hmm. a whole variety. I would recommend the rosary. I'd recommend adoration. I'd recommend daily mass. I mean, all those things are absolutely wonderful and, and, and in some ways necessary, but we all need to pray every day. And not in the way we talk about it too, is not just the, the kind of the fallback that people say, well, I make everything a prayer. Well, yes, you should do that. But I heard somebody say once, like, if you never pray, if you never intentionally pray, you'll never pray always. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like if you want to pray constantly, you have to pray sometimes, you know? Right. And so to be able to actually have a prayer time every day where I am communing with the Lord in an intentional way. So that's pray, study a scripture or the uh, disciple is reading scripture every day. They're mm-hmm. diving into the word and ideally diving into the word, but also then diving into what the church has taught about the word. So to have the Bible in one hand and the catechism and the church fathers in another, the other hand, mm-hmm. often a lot of people will combine the first two. We're going to pray in part of my prayers. I'm going to read scripture and part of my prayers. I'm going to do some sort of spiritual reading and, and all of that. Mm-hmm. Right. But yeah. each one of us every single day should be praying and, and, and studying. And then connecting is basically like more of an in idea. So another way to boil these down is, is a triangle we use. We need to live up in and out. We need to live up towards God. We need mm-hmm. to live in towards each other. And then we need to live out on mission. And so connect is another word to say that is just how am I either daily or weekly or, you know, as often as possible connecting with other disciples to, to encourage them to be iron sharpens iron to, to hold each other accountable and to be really running together. And then give is how am I putting my time, talent and treasure on the line for the building of the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And it's all three. It's your time. It's your talent and your treasure both in tithing, but we need to, in some ways, be tithing, not just our financial means, but also mm-hmm. our time and our talent. And in many ways, as much as the church, and I'm sure the pastors who would be listening would be like, no, no, treasure, treasure is important. In many ways, <laughs> what the church needs is not just more checks. I mean, right. nobody's going to say no to that. But I think what we are really lacking right now is is the talent. Yes. Uh, people looking at their skill set and saying, what has the Lord uniquely equip me with both in kind of a human way, but also in a supernatural way with my charisms. Mm-hmm. What is the, what is that portion of the spirit that the, the St. Paul talks about in, in Corinthians 12, first Corinthians 12, that portion of the spirit that he gives out that 
that I'm uniquely equipped to build the kingdom in some way? How am I putting that on the giving of that, you know, giving of myself in that way? And so we really feel like if you're, if you're a serious disciple, you're, you're every day, you're praying, you're studying, and maybe not every day you're connecting and giving in the same way, but you're looking for opportunities to connect and you're looking for opportunities to give. Um, and again, how you express that is going to be as diverse and unique and as exciting as each one of our own personalities and walks with the Lord. Um, but I think they're all essential. Yeah, no, a- a- absolutely. Um, and I think um, you you made mention, you shared your story about the fact that for a year, you spent time with Peter and you were praying. And during that time, you were discerning. Mm-hmm. What is your unique and unrepeatable gift that you have to share and where can it be shared? Mm-hmm. Um, and so often we don't have that experience of, of mentorship and accompaniment um, either individually or within community. Um, it, it's, uh, I, I still remember the phrase, and, and I, <laughs> which is saints come in clusters. And when you look yeah, back throughout the, the centuries, that's, that's the fact. And so we are upping our chances, you know, um, when we are surrounding ourselves with people who are going to be encouraging us, but also challenging us to be come. And that, that was something too, that, you know, when you talked about identity, about the fact of to become intentional disciples, to mm-hmm. become those missionary disciples. And so often we focus on the doing mm-hmm. rather than the being and the mm-hmm. becoming and allowing the Holy Spirit to do that in our lives. Um, so I just wanted to uh, give you an opportunity to, um, you, you had uh, made mention of a couple of things uh, as we we're talking, uh, like uh, the Spirit-filled leaders, and you have like a course or something like that. What, what are some opportunities people have to be able to go deeper with what you're talking about? Yeah, so we developed something called the Spirit-Filled Leader Course, which was uh, originally just for the places that we were working with around the United States and Canada. But then when COVID hit, we thought, you know, let's just kind of share the wealth a little bit and everyone's online anyway, so why don't we go there? So we created something called the Spirit-Filled Leader Intensive Course. It's 30 days uh, of daily uh, content and activation to help you grow as a Spirit-Filled Leader. So it shouldn't take more than a half hour every day of a less than 15 minute talk and then about a 15 minute activation. And what's an activation? Basically, whatever you just heard, we want you to immediately put into practice in some sort of concrete way. Sometimes that means, you know, as you, I love that you talked about, we need to be abiding, becoming before we're always doing. It's like, we need to abide so as to bear fruit. And Mm -hmm. then the more we bear fruit, the more we need to come back and abide. It's really kind of a pendulum type of situation. Mm -hmm. Um, the apostolate. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, so yeah, so that every day we're going to give you something to, to chew on, to, to think about, to help you grow as a spirit-filled leader, and then you're going to activate it in, in a particular way for those 15 minutes. And the themes are all about, so we define a spirit-filled leader as somebody who's abiding with the Father, mm-hmm. uh, becoming the Son, and living in the power of the Holy Spirit. And so for mm-hmm. 30 days, we have 30 different lessons on different angles of that, some of which are a little bit more practical, like what's your why? What is the unique why that the Lord has put into you so that you can think about what and how you're going to accomplish that why that's a little bit more practical or another one is how to have crucial conversations with people how do you have conversations of high consequence with high emotion and potential Mm -hmm. disagreement well that's actually a skill that a spiritual leader needs to have so we want to talk about it but then some of them are a little bit more spiritual which is like the like day one is all about identity 
Anyone mm-hmm. who's taking the spirit filled leader course probably is already a believer, but doesn't mean we're always living out of our true identity. So mm-hmm. let's remember what is our identity? What does scripture reveal to us about our identity? Or mm-hmm. one of my favorite ones is the topic is a bold proclamation. How do we actually proclaim the full gospel? Not the, just the parts of the gospel that we like that are comfortable mm-hmm. for us, but also the parts that are like, you know, broad and wide is the way that leads to destruction. And many there are that are finding it and narrow is the way that leads to life. And few there are that are finding it. Well, Jesus is the one who said that we didn't come up with that, but that's part of what we need to be able to share so that not so that it stays that way, right? He reveals that to us, not so that we, so that people stay on the Broadway so that those who are on the narrow way can invite more and more people off the Broadway to find the narrow way. So we need to be able to, to proclaim that with confidence that this isn't just some idea that we've had, but really coming right out of the mouth of the Lord. Um, so yeah, and it's for all ages, uh, even though ideas usually focused on young adults, the spiritual leader intensive course has been has proven over the last couple of times we've done it to be very effective and life giving for people of all ages, we've had close to, um, I think we're up to like close to 300 people who've gone through it now. And the results mm-hmm. have been very, really positive. And if anyone's interested, uh, they can mm-hmm. go to spirit filled leadership, spirit filled leadership.com, uh, spirit filled leadership.com. And then they can see more information about it and sign up. Our next course is starting June 1st. So it'll run for the whole month of June. And then we have some other things that we do in the midst of the course. We organize everyone into a kind of a digital small group to help Mm-hmm. keep you accountable and to have a somebody a sounding board as you go through it we do drop in zoom calls where i just drop in and whoever wants to join me can talk about what's going on and share what's happening mm-hmm. um but yeah so that's the that's the spirit filled leader uh, spirit filled leaders uh, intensive course and you can go to spiritfilledleadership.com to find out more about it Awesome. I'll make sure to put that in the show notes as well. So oh, people will be able to, to track it down. Um, and so I can't believe our time is already gone. I, I could yeah. sit and I could talk with you about <laughs> so much more. Um, uh, particularly, we were talking beforehand about, uh, you know, what is it to have a dynamic community and those different uh, things we have to be about. And, and that's where I'm really doing my work right now. But mm. I, I just want to thank you so much for your time, Pete, and for all of the work that you're doing. And I know it's bearing fruit out there. Um, and it's something that, you know, uh, my prayers, uh, but definitely for everyone who's listening, go and do this. So, so many times we'll hear about something and, and it might touch our hearts and we don't respond. We don't go and make that resolution, just like you were talking about, you know, having that, you know, response to whatever it is that you're listening to. And so I highly encourage people really take this time instead of, you know, because we're coming out of the pandemic right now. And so many people want to just go out and do, do, do. And I'm really encouraging people, take the time to allow yourself to be filled so that when you go and you do, it's because God is making you and transforming you to go and to be the doing that you're about. And uh, so uh, th- this sounds great uh, as, a, as a wonderful opportunity for people to be able to do that. So um, again, thank you so much, Pete. I, I really enjoyed our time together. And uh, again, for everyone who wants to get uh, to track that down, spiritfilledleadership.com. And this is Christina Simmons from Say Yes to Holiness. And I look forward to more conversation with all of you again soon. God bless. So what might be some resolutions that you could come away from the conversation that Pete and I just had? And one of the biggest ones, of course, is to really 
make the decision to become an intentional disciple, to really seek out, to try and help people meet Jesus. And it could be something as simple as asking them to come and hang out at your house and having great conversation with them and sharing about how Jesus has made a difference in your life. But that has got to be one of those things that we have to commit to doing. Another, of course, is to go and sign up for the Spirit-Filled Leaders intensive course that's coming up. Just go to spiritfilledleadership.com and jump in there. Um, I know I'm going to be doing that, so I really encourage you to do as well. And then the final part is, is that just like my four steps to holiness, Pete talked about the four habits, that prayer, that study, connecting, and giving. Look at your life and make a decision. What of those four areas am I going to try and improve so that I can be a more intentional disciple today? Are you struggling to gain clarity with your life right now? Are you trying to figure out how it is that you can build sustainable habits in your spiritual life? Well, One of the things I do in a free 15-minute consultation is to help you gain clarity on what it is that you're seeking and how to go deeper in your spiritual life. So make sure to reach out to me and let's talk today. Thanks again for spending time with me today. If you have any suggestions for upcoming podcasts, please leave me a voicemail using the link in the podcast show notes. Or message me through the Say Yes to Holiness Facebook page at Say Yes to Holiness through my website at www.sayyestoholiness.com or send an email directly to me at christinasimmons at gmail.com. I look forward to the opportunity to continue the conversation we have begun here. In the interim, Please know my continued prayers for you and your loved ones, especially that each of us may continue to strive to do whatever it takes in order to grow in holiness as we continue to tell the master of death, not today. I look forward to having a conversation again with you soon.